CES Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. What's gonna happen tonight? What's gonna happen? We're gonna whoop their Have you gotten drama yet? Welcome into the Go Balls 24-7 podcast, a breaking news edition. I am Ben McKee, and I am joined by the one and only Ryan Callahan, and we are convening on the interwebs because Tennessee, Mr. Callahan, has picked up a significant commitment on the recruiting trail. They have. This is a big one. Uh, five-star edge rusher Jordan Ross of Vestavia Hills High School in Alabama, just outside of Birmingham there. Picks Tennessee over Texas. I, I think it pretty much came down to those two teams in the end. The other finalists were officially Florida and Alabama. Uh, obviously, I mean, this is one that Tennessee's been heavily involved with for a while. So we, we've known for months that he was maybe one of Tennessee's best hopes for landing uh, a five-star at, at the edge rusher position or uh, on the defensive line. Uh, and, and especially big for Tennessee, I think, because they've had a couple of defensive line targets that obviously – slipped away from them at, at different points over the summer and, and Kamarion Franklin and, and Williams Winery, who both announced their commitments last week. So now you come back and you get a five-star who, who projects as a defensive end at the next level. Big deal to, to get a guy with that kind of, uh, that kind of pedigree, that kind of athleticism upside. And, and we'll get into all the specifics on that more in, in this podcast, but just a huge pickup for a lot of reasons for Tennessee for perception for continuing to stack talent at, at a position where, where Tennessee has continued to look better and better and, and to beat out some good programs to, to get him. So significant win here. And one that we weren't sure was, was going to be over this summer at one point, uh, you know, there's some different times it looked like he might take things into the win- the fall or even the winter before announcing a decision, but he had kind of teased throughout the summer. He might, might make a decision before, you know, before too long uh, without getting specific. And then, you know, kind of popped up a, a week or two ago with, uh, you know, his decision date. So one that uh, the timing seemed to work out well once he he went forward with that. Um, but but yeah, we, we kind of thought an earlier decision would favor Tennessee if that's if that was the case. And it certainly did. So significant win here for the Vols to, to land one of their top edge rusher targets in the class. It absolutely is. And it, it certainly will please the, the, the stargazers um, because he is a five star, like you mentioned, Uh, And we at 247 have him ranked as the number 12 overall player in the country, the number two edge rusher, and the number one player in the state of Alabama. That recruitment that you mentioned and the timeline kind of being fuzzy at times, it it was 
it it matched what was a roller coaster of a recruitment uh, for for those who have not followed in depth the recruitment of Jordan Ross. Just walk us through uh, the the roller coaster that that was. The, it, there were there were many twists and turns in this one. There there were, and you know, the, there were, and at the same time, there there weren't from the sense that Tennessee was always in the thick of it and always had a chance. And, and he really liked them from the start. Um, he, he, was, he was the rare kid from the state of Alabama that seemed to want to leave the state or be very open to leaving the state. And, and when I, I remember talking with him not long after he visited Tennessee for the first time uh, back in September of last year for the Akron game. He had just gotten an offer from Tennessee a few days before. And, and very early at that point in his recruitment, you always kind of wondered how things were going to play out in the coming months, what other teams would get more heavily involved. But it looked like they were kind of the early favorite at that point. And he came back to the Alabama game a month later. And so they were always up there and that, that carried over into this year. And they looked like the team to beat earlier this year for a while. But then as he got into the summer, started taking his official visits. And, and as we say all the time, uh, especially you, you've heard it a lot this year, in some, in, in a lot of cases, the race is just beginning for a lot of these guys until late May, early June when the, when official visits start. And that's that was the case with him for sure. He went to Florida on an official visit. I think that visit really opened his eyes, and he admitted at one point Florida was the, the team to beat there. Uh, I think going into maybe his official visit to Tennessee later in June, uh, Georgia hosted him on an official visit. They were they looked like a serious threat at one point, and then sort of faded in the in the latter stages of his recruitment leading up to this decision. Uh, and then Texas was the one that kind of uh, emerged as, as a little bit of a contender and then later more of a contender as he moved closer to a decision. And and that one ended up being Tennessee's main competition in the end. So, um, you know, at times it looked like he might carry things out into the fall. And if he had, I think some people worried that the longer this one went, the worse it might be for Tennessee because you had teams like LSU that were talking about getting him on campus this summer that it, it never panned out. There, there was some thought that Auburn could get more involved uh, at one point down the stretch. I, I don't think that ever really came to fruition. Oregon was a team that he had talked about visiting if things had maybe gone into the fall, at least at one point he threw that out there. So there was this possibility that, hey, if this goes longer, this one could really get hairy for Tennessee. There might be another team that, that enters the picture, and uh, and you just never know. And, and even now, you know, we'll have to <laughs> we'll have to wait and see if if anybody else. Uh, makes things interesting now and, and tries to make a push for him now now that he's committed. But he, he's a guy that I think uh, obviously it, it, it was a situation where Tennessee wanted him to make a, a, an earlier decision because they didn't want to have to deal with any of those possible twists and turns this fall. And, and certainly you feel better about things now that he is in the class uh, if you're Tennessee. So definitely one that, that could have gone a few different ways. Uh, it looked like at times over the summer, and then the, the, the timeline was a huge variable in this. So, so yeah, the fact that he got it done when he did and decided he was ready to go forward with the decision, um, you know, kind of Tennessee from the moment we heard that it kind of made the most sense and that that's how it turned out. But it's one that uh, at times we weren't sure. And we weren't sure what his timeline was either. Cause it, you know, he talked about waiting until December, even February at one point, and even throughout a, the possibility of, Hey, I might make a silent commitment this summer and then keep it open and just not announce until December or February. So he, he considered everything and, this was one that uh, that that just uh, you know had kind of an uncertain feel to it for a while. So for this one to be over, I'm sure Tennessee is is quite relieved. Yes, and it also feels like one that they're going to have to keep an eye on all the way until signing day. And and I don't say that to freak Tennessee fans out. Uh, I, I don't want to uh, make it seem as if Jordan Ross is is just going to flip flop back and forth on, on his decision 
uh, all the way up until signing day. But I say it for the simple fact that this dude, a five-star, who we have as the number 12 overall player in the country and, and the number one player in the state of Alabama, again, in the heart of Alabama, in Birmingham, is leaving the state where he is 45 minutes from Tuscaloosa and about two hours or so, maybe an hour and a half away from Auburn. And it is very, very rare that a player like this leaves the state. So, again, I, I don't say that this is one that Tennessee will, will have to keep an eye on un, until signing day to, to freak Tennessee fans out or making an indictment on, on Jordan Ross and, and his personality or, or his decision-making. It's just typically when Alabama or Auburn want a guy, they get that guy. And uh, I, I – think it's kind of up in the air right now Ryan you can correct me if I'm wrong just how much Alabama and, and Auburn went all in uh, to get Jordan Ross and, and that may make a, a Tennessee fan a, a little nervous at, at the end of the day or, or raise an eyebrow as as to to why maybe those schools the in-state schools didn't go all in on a guy like this but for Tennessee's sake I, I think that if you are a fan who, who may get a little nervous uh, about Alabama and, and Auburn's potential evaluation on Jordan Ross, like you should seek comfort in the fact that Rodney Garner is the defensive line coach. And if Rodney Garner didn't think that Jordan Ross was good enough uh, to, to play at Tennessee, uh, or if he was questioning his personality and, and how he would fit within the room uh, with him and Mike Eckler or, uh, play at that position or or fit in in the locker room, like you can seek comfort in knowing that Rodney Garner, at the end of the day, signed off on this. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a guy that Rodney Garner had, had been heavily involved with and, and, and prioritized for months. Uh, LaVorne Harbin, uh, everybody might hear references, Coach Chop, also heavily involved in that recruitment, as, as with a lot of defensive linemen and edge rushers that Tennessee pursues. Both those guys did a good job with them, and 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 clearly wanted Jordan Ross. Uh, there was there was no question about that. I think Tennessee. Uh, he he reminds me a little bit. I, I kind of mentioned this on the on the checkerboard on GoVols twenty four seven last week. Uh, just in terms of projection, not necessarily in terms of build and, and everything about their games, but he reminds he, he's there may be some similarities between he and Sean Davy and Bradley in the sense that they're both guys that are ranked where they are or where they were in Bradley's case largely because of projection. So it's another long, good athlete that you're you're adding at the at the Leo position, most likely in Tennessee's defense. And he's he's got enormous upside. Um, the flip side to that is kind of like what you saw in Bradley's recruitment, where you weren't beating out Georgia and Alabama and teams like that for him or Ohio State or whoever. You you were beating out South Carolina and Texas AM for him. The, the thing with the thing is the the rawness and maybe the the fact that you have to project and you have to develop him maybe kept some of those top teams from being involved so i i can't speak for any of those other teams but my guess is that's kind of what might have happened with jordan ross a little bit and in, and in some cases you know that that wasn't a concern at all i mean at the, at the end of the day the kid took an official visit to georgia um it's not like he didn't have some some heavy hitters involved and, and texas obviously the the main competition in the end uh, that that's a, a program recruiting at a really high level right now. Florida um, really wanted him for a long time and just you know kind of kind of backed out in the final month or two. But but I don't think that's because they didn't think he wasn't a good player. I think they just felt it wasn't a wasn't a fit. Uh, you know maybe for for them and they were you know ready to 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 take another guy who was getting closer to a decision and just kind of moved on and filled that filled their needs at that position. Um, but yeah, this is one that. I think Tennessee fans should still be really excited about, it. and and it doesn't, you know, sure, 
you if you're a Tennessee fan and you're seeing that you're going into Alabama and getting a five star, you'd feel even better knowing that you went in and, and and beat out Alabama and Auburn, knowing that they were all in on him. But I don't think you worry about that too much because the bottom line is you're getting a guy with five star kind of upside and ability. And and it, you know to your point, I think he is a guy that you're going to have to keep an eye on this fall. Maybe if you're Tennessee, not because you think he's not committed or that he, he made a decision too early, but just because if he does have a good senior year, edge rushers are hard to find. There's not that many of them out there with that kind of build and speed and upside that he has. Absolutely possible that someone could make a late push at him. So, you know, knowing how this thing was this summer, as we kind of talked about, it's one of those recruitments you're just going to have to keep an eye on just to make sure something doesn't change. And you know, if he goes out and he only had two and a half sacks during his junior season, if he goes out and has 15 sacks as a senior, you know, very possible someone, even an in-state school, could circle back to him and say, hey, maybe we do want to go all in on him now and make things interesting. Right. And and for the Tennessee fans that are the diehards that keep up with recruiting on a day-to-day basis, and, and they know the ins and outs to recruiting, they understand that plucking a kid like this from the heart of Alabama who is as talented and, and has as much potential it's just really hard to do and it's rare that that these type of players get away from Auburn or Alabama so that that is simply why it's something that Tennessee will have to continue to I think have the full court press on on Jordan Ross throughout his recruitment and that also leads me to my next question uh you know we kind of touched on the the questionable side of it I guess you can say um, but on on the positive side for Tennessee, as as far back as I can remember in the 2024 class, and obviously you are dealing with recruiting on a, on a much more consistent basis than I am, um, but it, it seems like Jordan Ross was was one of the first names on the board in this cycle. So I I wonder, Ryan, how much Tennessee success at the end of last season, which included a a win over Alabama. Uh, and Jordan Ross being around the program and, and getting to know Tennessee, I, I wonder how much of an impact that that last season success and, and especially late in the year kind of propelled uh, Tennessee's ability to to land Jordan Ross in the long run. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and, and I talk about it all the time. I think one of the most underrated aspects uh, of recruiting can be those junior season visits. Uh, that, that's where you're often laying the groundwork. You know, some some guys start taking visits long before then, but those during during a guy's junior season, and Ross was a good example, a guy who just started to kind of blow up last fall in Tennessee was one of the first SEC schools to really uh, make, make a strong push for him last season. Uh, but, you know, guys like that, when they're t- taking visits for the first time and, and going to places uh, that they've never seen before, in his case, the Tennessee-Akron game, he said was the first college football game he'd ever seen. Um, so that made a huge first impression on him. And then he goes back less than a month later to the Tennessee-Alabama game, and you've got fans that have been going to games at Neyland Stadium for years who've never seen an environment like that, and 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 it may be one of the better ones you've ever seen at that stadium. And he got to experience that as one of the first college football games he'd ever seen. So right from the start, you know, I think Tennessee just set the bar high in his, in his recruitment and was going to be tough to beat, and those – experiences like that you know it, it it doesn't always end up being the deciding factor for kids but um I think, I think players keep coming back to that when they just have had those kinds of experiences on visits so i, I think uh, you know even though it's hard for fans to to you know spend much time thinking about guys who are 18 months or so from from signing with a school those junior season visits can tell you a lot you know mike matthews i think back to you know his first visit to tennessee was for the alabama game last season a lot of guys in this class for tennessee 
were guys that went to games last season. So, yeah, I think it started pretty early with Jordan Ross. And like you said, he was one of the first realistic five-star names that you heard because they, they kind of laid such a good groundwork with them last fall and, and got in there early with one of the very first SEC teams to offer. I think they were his second SEC offer, if I remember correctly. So they were in there very early and identified him as a guy they, they really liked and, and kind of stayed with him the, the entire process. So even though there were some ebbs and flows, it just felt like they were kind of the most consistent presence in his recruitment. And I, I think that means something to a lot of guys in the end, that they know the team was with them kind of from the start and they had a, a a pretty deep relationship with him that uh, that was able to kind of uh, get them through some some kind of choppy waters toward the end of his recruitment. And and one last big picture topic before we hit a break and and come back and, and get in the weeds a little bit more and, and discuss the the long term potential of, of Jordan Ross and and kind of where he fits up front defensively is on one hand yes you wonder why in the world Auburn and Alabama weren't all in on Jordan Ross. But on the other hand, like like you mentioned, Ryan, I mean, Texas is as hot as anybody on the recruiting trail right now. They, they may be the hottest team on the recruiting trail so far in the 2024 cycle. Uh, he took in an official visit to, to Georgia, the two-time defending champs, and, and Georgia seems like at this point they're, they're drafting players more than re- recruiting players, kind of like how – Alabama was when Nick Saban was really in the midst of of his reign and and Alabama still is to a certain extent but you know what I mean by that so for Tennessee to beat out Texas who I mean we all know how people talk about Texas within the the college football landscape and and Georgia and 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 uh you know Florida's not as in healthy of a position right now as a program under Billy Napier as I think Tennessee is under Josh Heupel. I have far more confidence in Josh Heupel than I do Billy Napier right now. But the, the Florida brand sticks out more to these high school kids that aren't from Tennessee than the Tennessee brand, um, because Tennessee is is in a sense a, a new flavor of the month right now with, with last season's success. And and these kids that are being recruited, they don't know the Tennessee of of the late '80s, the '90s, the the early 2000s, like you like yourself and like I do, Ryan. So for, for Tennessee to beat out Florida and Texas and Georgia and, and others, it, it, it continues the trend that we talked about with Mike Matthews that Tennessee has some prowess on the recruiting trail right now. They, they do, and that's that's a great point. You know, with with or without uh, Auburn and Alabama being the, the main competition in the end, this is still this was still a big-time recruitment. And, you know, you're still talking about a guy who took his four official visits in June where Georgia, Florida, Texas, Tennessee, and – and had other offers beyond that, you know, from schools that were were pretty heavily involved. So this was still, yeah, still a big time recruitment, still one that Tennessee had to had, had to fight hard. And uh, and and again, it it, it felt kind of late in the summer, like there were there were times we we weren't as as maybe confident about Tennessee's chances as we were earlier this year, um, just because of of how things had been uh, kind of tenuous during the summer, especially. But but Tennessee. Uh, you know, again, they they deserve a lot of credit for uh, for for being in there early and for for impressing him last season. And and yeah, I think he sees the the trajectory of the program. Uh, there's no question that what he saw from them last season uh, only added to his interest in Tennessee early on. I think the relationship with with Rodney Garner and and, and Lavorne Harbin, both you know the, those guys in particular, did a really good job with him and 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 just the comfort level that the, the staff developed with him. And you know, I, I think they're they're they really just kind of checked all the boxes for him as, as they often do when you're talking about a, a kid committing to a school. I think he just felt 
Um, they, they kind of fit everything he was looking for and that, that helped them beat out some really good programs for him. So no question, this is, you know, again, this is one to, to, to really be excited about. And, and the, the, the long-term upside here, you know, is, is, is pretty, pretty immense as you would imagine for a guy that our analysts have, have rated as a five-star. So, um, you know, I, I saw him at the Under Armour camp down in the uh, in in, in Carrollton, Georgia, back in late February. He, he's a tremendous athlete. He really is. I mean, that, there's a reason he is rated where he is in, in our uh, by our analysts. He he, he had uh, a, a pretty remarkable forty time. I don't know the exact uh, time right now, but it was somewhere in the in the four five range, I believe, from what I understand. Uh, at that time, he was he was maybe a little bit lighter, but he's now up to around two hundred thirty pounds. Um, spoke with his coach. It sounds like he, he expects him to have a pretty big senior year. Thinks he's really improved from last year. So uh, there, there's a lot of reasons to be excited about this if you're a Tennessee fan and they just kind of keep stacking some 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 big recruiting wins and some big time talents, especially in the front seven. But but throughout the defense, that this is another pickup that's going to continue to upgrade this defense. That I think has really made some strides in terms of just stockpiling talent at all three levels. Five-star edge rusher Jordan Ross commits to Tennessee, and we have plenty more to discuss surrounding this commitment on the other side of this break on the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop, make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd, only on Paramount Plus. Welcome back into the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. I am Ben McKee, joined by Ryan Callahan, and we are reacting to five-star edge rusher Jordan Ross out of Vestavia Hills High School in Birmingham, Alabama, committing to Tennessee. And before we continue our conversation here on the podcast, we'd like to encourage you to go like, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And as a bonus, if you don't mind, Tell a friend who doesn't listen to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast to listen to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We are less than two weeks, essentially a week and a half at this point, from kickoff, and we will have plenty of podcasts coming your way to preview the opener against Virginia. So we would appreciate that if you wouldn't mind passing the word along about us. Ryan, you mentioned the four June official visits, and I said that the that last question before the break was my my last big picture question, but I lied um, because you, you mentioning the June officials sparked a thought in my head. Uh, this commitment, it, it gives more credence to the momentum that Tennessee built up in June that was questioned by, by fans at one point or another. 
or, or maybe made made fans a, a little nervous there uh, throughout June and July. I, I think this is another big commitment that Tennessee benefits uh, from that big month of June that it had. Yeah, no, no question. This was another one. They they got the last official visit. You know, that we, we heard a lot of hand wringing the first couple uh, weeks of, of June when there were guys who had, who had already visited other schools and in some cases committed to other schools like Cameron Fountain, a guy that Tennessee had a lot of momentum with, goes to USC on that first weekend in June, commits to USC right after that visit. Um, so there, there were some things that were that were going against Tennessee, two or three that that you know maybe turned another way because of the the order of the visits. Well, this is one that worked out perfectly according to plan. They were the last school to host him in June, uh, last school to to get him on campus, I believe, before he announced his decision, and, and it, it it went perfectly. That 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 visit clearly made an impression on him. Talking with him after that visit, it was pretty clear to me that Tennessee had sort of reestablished itself as one of the top contenders, if not the. Uh, team to beat uh, after there had been some some real Florida buzz uh, earlier in the month of June. So I, I think they they did a, a really good job in the month of June with those official visits. They weren't able to sustain the momentum uh, with all those guys. You know, again, these things get wilder and less predictable um, all the time in the NIL world. That's just that's just the reality. And things can turn on a dime with with one phone call or one conversation these days. But Tennessee, you know, still when you look back on what they got coming out of the the month of June and throughout the summer, they they've had a pretty nice haul. This is twenty commitments for them now. They they've been going back and forth in and out of the top ten, you know, depending on um, you know how long they go between commitments. But this you know this puts them right back in the top ten, I believe, unless uh, unless something changes between the the time we're recording this and the and and the time uh, of the announcement Monday night. But that they're they're definitely in a good spot when you look back at everything they've gotten from the summer. They didn't get everything they wanted from these guys who committed during the summer, but by and large, they, they filled a lot of needs and, and, and won their fair share of some big-time battles. And, if a, yeah, if a couple more even had gone their way, we'd be looking at a class that, that you know, had very little, very few needs left to fill going into the season. And yet, you know, still even with a couple misses, they're at 20 commitments with the top 10 class. Well, and the various – works that that I do and the various places that that I spew my nonsense I I, I kind of backed up Glenn Ellerby and uh, everybody wanted to to lump in both lines of scrimmage together and I did not think that that was fair uh, throughout June and July because I thought that Tennessee was piecing together a, a nice offensive line class especially when they put the cherry on top with the addition of Bennett Warren but the the one fair criticism I did think that that fans had, or, or maybe not even criticism, maybe that's too strong of a word, but the the fair question mark and, and the fair concern was on the defensive line, and that 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 remains somewhat of a question mark in my opinion. But boy, does adding Jordan Ross at, at that edge position, boy boy, does that sure up one of the the few remaining question marks you had about this this class. It, it does, and then they're still maybe not done there. You know, that's that's the remarkable thing. You know, you've got Kellen Lindstrom already in this class, who who's kind of an edge rusher right now, but you know his body, he's got a big enough frame that you don't know if he's going to fill out and be a you know a, a five technique, a strong side defensive end, or 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 you know some people have even floated that he could get significantly bigger and maybe be a three technique defensive tackle in the long run. You don't know. That's a projection, but right now he could be an edge rusher. So. You know, potentially a couple of edge guys in this class already, uh, and then and then they're still heavily involved with Danny Okoye, the the four star out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, who uh, I, I think is uh, is you know a Tennessee lean might be a little strong, but I think Tennessee is probably at least the 
the slight favorite going into the, the, the season right now with some other teams, other, you know, again, heavy hitters involved in that one. Some of the same teams, as a matter of fact, that we heard with Jordan Ross, Texas being one of them, uh, but Oklahoma, LSU, Alabama, um, also involved with Danny Okoye. So that's that's still going to be a big-time recruitment this fall. Tennessee getting, getting an official visit, but that's another one. If they maintain their current position with Danny Okoye, we could be looking at another really good edge rusher class, and that's the position where I think they've maybe done the, the probably the best job of any position on defense in sort of stocking the cupboard. I mean, this is three classes in a row where they've brought in some really elite players with Joshua Joseph and James Pierce in that 2022 class that uh, was Josh Heupel's first real class. Uh, and then 2023, obviously, Caleb Herring and Sean Davian Bradley. Herring looks like a guy that's going to make some sort of impact as a freshman and, and looks the part for sure so far. Bradley, maybe more of a long-term projection, but still a ton of upside. And then this class and Jordan Ross, the, the headliner so far, I mean, that's, that's what big-time uh, defenses look like. And if those guys – even a even a good portion of them pan out and reach their potential or, or something close to that. This is gonna be a, a team with a pretty pretty vicious pass rush in the future. So that's a that's a big big deal. They need some interior linemen to go along with it, as you said. David Hobbs last year, you know, they need more wins like that to to sort of supplement that along the defensive line. But if if you get even solid play from your defensive tackles and have great edge rushers, you can often live with that because this day and age it's all about tackles and edge rushers. Uh, when it comes to to you know protecting quarterbacks and getting pressure on them, so I you give me the choice between the two, I might still take the edge rushers. That's the it's one of the most it's one of the most lucrative positions in the NFL for a reason, and, and everyone's looking for edge rushers. Tennessee, to their credit, keeps getting big wins at that position. Yes, and and that position right now is very very exciting. Uh, you already have Josh Josephs and, and James Pierce as sophomores this year, and and then. We've heard good things about Caleb Herring and, and Shandavian Bradley as as true freshmen, and and then now you add Jordan Ross and uh, potentially Danny Okoye as as you mentioned, and those those are some big time playmakers that that can help you win uh, championships. Quite frankly, though, those are the guys that you need to beat the Alabamas of the world. Uh, before we get out of here, Ryan, just kind of what's the the word on the street in in terms of the type of player that Jordan Ross is? He he is truly an, an edge player and probably not somebody that ends up sliding in and, and playing along the defensive line. No, no, he's not. And and you've got a, I mean, he's still filling out. So it, it sort of remains to be seen exactly what he's going to be in the future. But I mean, this is the guy that played closer to 205, 210 pounds of the junior I mentioned earlier. He's up to, you know, a little bit over 233 as of this summer uh, may have dropped a few pounds during training camp, but he's at least somewhere in the 230 range right now. So he's already at a pretty good size. Um, talking with his coach at, at Vestavia Hills, you know, he seems to think he 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 probably ends up in the 250 range, and uh, and, and as he continues to fill out and and uh, and reaches his full potential physically, um, man, he, he's he's got just enormous upside. There are there are a couple reasons that he might not have been um, you know as productive as a, at least in terms of closing as a pass rusher last year that, that I think are worth noting. One is he, he played um, he played so much last year. Uh, you know, he's he's played some on both sides of the ball. Um, and so, so fatigue, frankly, is, is probably one of the reasons that he um, might not have been able to, uh, to, to close the deal and, and get some of those sacks uh, on some plays last year where he only had two and a half sacks for the season. Still had a lot of tackles for loss, by the way. It was an all-state player, I believe, uh, in Alabama last year at, at a top level of competition, playing in Alabama's Class 7A with the likes of Hoover and Thompson and some of the schools that are well-known for producing 
big time players left and right over the years. He faces those teams on a regular basis. So he's facing good competition. Some of those teams have schemed around him, frankly. I think that's one of the other factors is they don't, he's not on a team that's necessarily loaded up front. And so teams are able to, to scheme around him and, and get rid of the ball quickly when they need to. And that, that cuts into a sack total as well. But his coach, you know, I, I think thinks he's, he's reaching his potential uh, already kind of starting to get there. Uh, definitely has made progress since his junior year. And and the big thing is you're betting on length and athleticism. It, it's it's as simple as that sometimes. And you've got, you've got the tools coaches like Rodney Garner can work with you. And he definitely has the tools again, speed in the, you know, somewhere in the probably four five, four, six range had a really fast time at the Under Armour camp uh, that he attended earlier this year. And, and, and at six, four and a half or so um, long arms, you, 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 you take those guys all day. If you've got that kind of speed, that kind of length, um, you know, as long as the, the film sort of checks out and, and it absolutely does with Jordan Ross, you can work with that most of the time. So he's uh, he's an easy, easy take uh, for, for a lot of programs out there with good reason, because it's just hard to find those kinds of athletes. So I think that, again, it's more about the long term projection. And that's maybe why our ranking at 24 seven sports doesn't totally line up with everybody's. But he's a top 100 player pretty much across the board. And there's a reason for that. So you you, you got to love this pickup if you're Tennessee and and you know our guys are maybe a little higher on him than others right now. We'll see what they think after this season, but I, I think it's I think they're not wrong to to like his upside. He really does have a ton of potential when you look at just the, the sheer athleticism and length he brings to the table. On the way out the door, recruiting has certainly died down this time of year with 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 the season starting. But how can people kind of follow your work the the next couple of weeks as? Uh, visit dates will continue to trickle in. Yeah, no doubt. And that's, you know, that's the other thing, uh, you know, guys are getting decisions out of their way before their season and that's, you know, starting to kind of die down, but there's still plenty happening. Chris Cole, uh, the four-star linebacker still getting close to a decision on September 10th. You know, he, he's got an official visit set up for the, that, that home opener against Austin P on September 9th. So as you said, that's just an example of the visits we'll see. So plenty still happening on the recruiting front, lots to follow at GoVols247.com, and, and we'll c- continue to keep you posted as the start of the season uh, quickly uh, moves closer. But, yeah, this is a, a great way. If this is the last development for Tennessee before the season starts, and it looks like there's a good chance it will be, um, definitely a great way to close out the summer, what's been a, a pretty productive summer for the Vols in recruiting. For Ryan Callahan, I'm Ben McKee. This has been another edition of the Gavals 24-7 podcast. There's that button. And now I can say... Thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball, nobody, and I mean nobody covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that 
at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the Checkerboard and the Summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.